Welcome back to the second part of our special series, Speak with Authority, Elevating Your Legal Presentation Skills. If you missed the first part, don't worry. You can always catch up on our previous episode to ensure that you don't miss a single insight. In this continuation, we'll pick up where we left off, delving deeper into the nuances of effective legal presentations. So whether you're a returning listener or joining us for the first time, let's continue our journey toward becoming masterful legal communicators. Let's be about it. The Four Legal English Podcast is now in session. Welcome to the Four Legal English Podcast. This is the show for lawyers, law students, and other professionals from all over the world who want to improve both their legal English and legal knowledge. In this podcast, we discuss different legal topics, such as law in the news, law in practice, legal writing, legal movies, and other issues. This podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, consult an attorney. You can check out our blog articles, available courses, and the show notes for this episode on our website. That's four is in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com. Fourlegalenglish.com. I am Timothy Barrett, your host. I'm a former practicing attorney from the United States, more recently a law professor in Tbilisi, Georgia, and currently an author and podcast host, among other things. Technology Tips for Virtual Presentations In this section, we'll explore the evolving landscape of legal presentations in the digital era. As more presentations move to virtual platforms, understanding how to leverage technology is crucial for impactful delivery. Best Practices for Online Legal Presentations Online presentations come with their own set of challenges and opportunities. Consider the best practices for delivering compelling legal context in a virtual environment. This includes considerations for camera positioning, lighting, and background, ensuring you present a professional image. This is something that throughout the world we've gotten kind of a crash course over the last three or four years now. But you want to have a professional background. No one wants to see the door to your bathroom or over your shoulder as you're giving an important argument or presentation on a Zoom call, right? But it is helpful to take some time and maybe Google, you know, how should my camera be positioned? You know, how can I look more professional in a Zoom call? Things like that. So that when you do have those Zoom calls or virtual calls, virtual meetings, you're going to look as professional as possible. That may mean, you know, changing your background, moving the furniture in your office or in, in your house, as well as, you know, maybe getting a new webcam. Hopefully that's not necessary, maybe but maybe getting some light or moving the light in your room so it looks professional. But take those into consideration, you know, long before the call itself. While you're on the Zoom call or the virtual meeting, you don't want to be adjusting with things. So you want to practice that in advance, especially if you're the one giving an important presentation during that meeting. Dealing with technical challenges gracefully. Technical hiccups are an inevitable part of virtual presentations. When they happen, you want to learn how to handle these challenges gracefully, maintaining your composure and professionalism. So think about how you would handle certain problems. 
if you've had problems in the past, what were effective remedies? Are there things that you need to do before the call to minimize the chance of these problems reoccurring? For example, it may be helpful to restart your computer before the virtual meeting. Instead of finding, you know, once the meeting starts that, wow, you know, my computer's kind of slow, maybe I need to restart. Utilizing virtual platforms to enhance presentations. Virtual platforms offer unique features that can enhance your presentations. Learn how to use these tools effectively, from interactive features to screen sharing. Understanding the capabilities of virtual platforms can take your presentation to the next level. If you are the one leading the meeting or giving a presentation, and you're going to want to share your screen or share slides, uh, you know, whatever it is, try to do that before the meeting. During the presentation is not the time to try to figure out how do I share my screen or how do I share this PowerPoint? Or you know, do I need sound on this? Oh, I have to do it differently if I need sound. You wanna work those kinks out beforehand. Now, of course, hiccups always happen, but the more that you can do to prepare for them in advance and to be familiar with the platform, the better your presentation is gonna go. So remember, to equip yourself with the knowledge and skills needed to make a strong impact in the digital world. Virtual meetings are not going away. If you have trouble with them now, it's important to spend some time and figure out how to do them effectively and so that you're familiar with them as well as comfortable with them. Real-world examples and case studies. In this section, we'll dive into the real world examining successful legal presentations and extracting valuable lessons that you can apply to enhance your own skills. You can start by analyzing presentations that have made a significant impact. Whether it's a compelling courtroom argument or a persuasive client pitch, understanding what makes these presentations successful is key. Break down the elements that contribute to their effectiveness, from structure to delivery. Learning from notable cases or speeches. Throughout legal history, certain cases and speeches stand out not just for their legal significance, but also for the way they were presented. By exploring notable examples and discussing or contemplating how lawyers effectively communicated complex legal concepts to judges, juries, or the public, these case studies will provide practical insights that you can incorporate into your own presentations. This is also easy to do with legal dramas movies or TV shows, and of course there are some very good ones, some not so good ones, but by watching how the legal arguments are made, think about what is good about the argument and what's weak about the argument. Imagine if you were the lawyer in that lawyer's shoes, would you make the same argument or would you make different arguments? How could you make their case better? How could you make their argument better? Applying insights to improve your own presentation skills. Building on the lessons learned from real-world examples, consider how you can apply these insights to elevate your own presentation skills. Whether you're addressing a courtroom, a boardroom, or a virtual audience, understanding the dynamics of successful presentations can make a substantial difference. Whenever you sit through a presentation, whether it's a, a virtual meeting that you have to sit through, it's a client pitch or negotiating with opposing counsel or a courtroom argument. Consider the strengths and the weaknesses of the presentation. What makes the presentation effective? And what could make it even more effective? And of course, consider the weak points. 
Does the presenter recognize the weak points? What could be done to shore up those weak points so it doesn't detract from the argument? And of course, think about if you are the one presenting, how would you do it? Would you make the same kind of arguments or would you structure it in a different way? Would you emphasize different points? Maybe de-emphasize other points? What could you do to make it a better argument? By analyzing real-world examples and case studies, you can gain valuable perspectives that will contribute to your growth as a confident and effective presenter. Post-Presentation Reflection In this segment, we'll delve into the crucial practice of post-presentation reflection. This often overlooked step can significantly contribute to your growth as a presenter. The importance of self-evaluation. After each presentation, taking the time for self-reflection is essential. Reflecting on your performance allows you to identify strengths, recognize areas for improvement, and refine your skills for future presentations. Begin by acknowledging the aspects of your presentation that went well. Did you effectively convey complex legal concepts? Was your language clear and accessible to your audience? Identifying your strengths provides a foundation to build upon. Sometimes it's too easy to look at our weaknesses or the mistakes we made, but it's important to recognize what we did well. Areas for improvement. Equally important is recognize areas that can be refined, can be improved. This could include aspects of your delivery, clarity and explanations, or even the use of visual aids. Honest self-assessment allows for targeted improvement. I always try to have a notebook or some kind of paper that at the time or, or soon after, I can write quick notes on what went well or what I need to improve. During the presentation or you know, soon after, you're going to remember things. But if you look at it hours or days later, you're going to forget a lot of those details. So by writing them down, at least taking some quick notes at the time or soon after, it's going to help you later on when you think about, well, how can I improve that? Developing a continuous improvement mindset. The legal profession, like any other, is dynamic. Embracing a continuous improvement mindset is the key to staying ahead of the game. Treat each presentation as a learning opportunity and apply the lessons learned to enhance your skills. Interactive exercise. As an interactive exercise, consider keeping a presentation journal. After each presentation, after each presentation, jot down your reflections. What worked? What could be better? Over time, you'll notice patterns enabling you to focus on specific areas for growth. I encourage you to make post-presentation reflection a habit. It's a simple yet powerful practice that can elevate your skills and distinguish you as a proficient legal communicator. Seeking feedback. In this segment, we'll explore the invaluable practice of seeking feedback. Constructive criticism is a powerful tool for refining your presentation skills. The value of feedback. As legal professionals, we understand the importance of constructive critique in the pursuit of excellence. Seeking feedback for your legal presentations follows the same principle. Feedback provides a fresh perspective, enabling you to identify blind spots and refine your approach. Sources of feedback. Consider seeking feedback from various sources, including peers, mentors, or supervisors. Each perspective brings unique insights. Peers may focus on delivery and engagement, mentors on strategic content, 
in supervisors on alignment with organizational goals. Strategies for seeking constructive criticism. Approach the feedback process strategically. Be specific about the aspects you want feedback on. Are you looking for input on your use of legal terminology or perhaps suggestions on enhancing your delivery? Clear communication ensures you receive targeted feedback. What you want to avoid is, oh, that was a good job, good work. That kind of feedback is not very helpful. It's not specific and it doesn't give you anything to focus on. Even if you ask a couple of questions such as, what area can I improve? Or what was the strongest point? What was the weakest point of the presentation? By coming up with those specific or targeted questions, you'll be able to get a better response from those that you've asked for feedback from. Creating a feedback culture. Encourage a culture of feedback within your professional circles. Offer to reciprocate by providing constructive criticism for others. This reciprocal exchange not only fosters a culture of continuous improvement, but also builds a supportive network. Incorporating feedback. Receiving feedback is only half the process. Incorporating it is equally crucial. Analyze the feedback objectively. What resonates as valuable input for improvement? Implement changes in subsequent presentations and observe the impact on your audience. Interactive exercise. I encourage you to consider doing a feedback exchange with a colleague. Exchange recorded presentations and provide constructive feedback. This mutual learning experience can be immensely beneficial. And it could be a live presentation, you know, ask them to sit in court or sit during a, a presentation that you're giving and then give feedback on that. Or when you're preparing to do that, ask them to sit in. Or if they're not able to be there, record it on your phone. That can be a great way to get some great feedback. Ongoing professional development. In this section, we delve into the idea that learning is a lifelong journey, especially when it comes to honing your presentation skills. Continuous evolution of skills. As legal professionals, we understand that the legal landscape is dynamic and our skills must evolve. The same holds for presentation skills. Recognize that what worked yesterday might need adjustment tomorrow. Embrace a mindset of continuous improvement. Staying updated on communication techniques. Effective communication evolves with time. Stay abreast of the latest communication techniques, attend workshops, webinars, or courses on public speaking. Familiarize yourself with modern tools and technologies that can enhance your presentations. And of course, this training may not be specific to the legal field, and that's fine. In fact, it may be an advantage. You don't want to just look at what lawyers are doing. There's lots of other people that give presentations, that speak publicly, try to adopt some of the other techniques that work, especially when you're outside of the courtroom. Integrating skills into broader development goals. Your ability to present convincingly is not a standalone skill. It intertwines with various aspects of your professional development. Integrate your presentation skills into broader goals, whether it's becoming a more effective advocate in the courtroom a persuasive negotiator, or a trusted advisor to clients. In conclusion, remember that your journey to becoming a masterful presenter is ongoing. Embrace new challenges, seek fresh perspectives, and stay curious. Cultural Sensitivity in Presentations In this section, we'll explore the crucial aspect of cultural sensitivity in your presentations. 
As lawyers operating in a globalized world, understanding and respecting diverse cultures is important. Presenting with cultural sensitivity goes beyond language proficiency. It's about acknowledging and respecting diverse norms, values, and communication styles that exist worldwide. In the legal arena, where cases often involve parties from different cultures, this skill is indispensable. Tailoring presentations for diverse audiences. Consider the cultural backgrounds of your audience when preparing your presentations. Tailor your content to resonate with different cultural perspectives. This doesn't mean diluting your legal message, but presenting it in a way that speaks to the varied experiences of your audience. Avoiding misunderstandings. Certain language nuances or gestures that are acceptable in one culture might be misunderstood or even offensive in another. Be mindful of these potential pitfalls. For example, idioms or humor that is commonplace in one country may not have the same effect elsewhere. I remember talking to a British barrister who relayed the story of he was making an argument in a European court and used the English idiom, what's good for the goose is good for the gander, meaning if it's good for one side, it's good for the other too, or if one side can do it, the other should be able to do it as well. Later, he was able to listen to the translation that was provided for the court, for the judges, and the translator translated that idiom into, counsel makes a joke about poultry, about birds. So if the judge had just heard that translation and didn't understand the original English or understood the English but didn't understand the idiom, that would have been, to say the least, a a failure, a missed opportunity, or even harmful because it maybe detracts from the rest of the message. So be careful of idioms or humor or things like that that might not translate or that might be translated incorrectly. Interactive exercise. Let's engage in an exercise to heighten our cultural awareness. Reflect on a legal presentation or meeting where cultural differences played a role. What did you learn from that experience, and how did it shape your approach to subsequent presentations? Share your insights with a colleague or a mentor. In conclusion, being culturally sensitive in your presentation is not just a matter of courtesy. This is a strategic advantage. It enhances your effectiveness as a communicator and fosters a more inclusive legal practice. One time I met a new classmate while I was in law school. Both of us were a little bit older and had you know, some life experiences before returning to law school. And as we were talking, one of the things that he asked me was, where do you stay? And I really didn't remember this, but he remembers the conversation very well and describes that my whole demeanor changed, that suddenly I was kind of cold to him. I answered the question and just kind of walked away. Luckily, you know, we still became friends, and later he relayed the story. Although I don't remember it specifically, I can certainly imagine being a little offended or annoyed being asked, where do you stay? Because when I was a police officer, that might be a phrase that you would use when you're asking homeless people. You know, they don't really live somewhere, but they might stay, you know, they stay under the bridge, they stay over here. You know, they stay in that neighborhood. And of course, he didn't mean it that way. He meant, where are you living? Where do you live? And where he is from, I guess that was a normal way to ask it. You know, where do you stay? Especially in transient housing like students are. You know, we we both moved to the state. We're not from that area. So we were only living there for a few years. So he asked, where do you stay? So because of that kind of cultural difference or that difference in meaning, our friendship got off to a bit of a rocky start. But luckily, we were able to overcome that. Leveraging Legal English in Presentations 
In this section, we delve into the importance of leveraging legal English to enhance the clarity and effectiveness of your presentations. The role of legal English. With its precision and specific terminology, legal English plays a crucial role in conveying legal concepts accurately. As lawyers, our language must be a tool for clarity rather than a barrier. Explore how mastering legal English can elevate your presentation skills. Tips for non-native English speakers. Understand the unique challenges you might face. First and foremost, embrace your linguistic diversity as a strength. Practice regularly. Read legal texts in English and familiarize yourself with common legal phrases. Remember, it's not just about vocabulary. It's about using language with confidence. Structuring your language. Just as we discussed structuring the content of your presentation, the structure of your language is equally important. Ensure your sentences are clear and concise. Use legal terms appropriately and avoid unnecessary complexity. Your goal is to convey, not to impress with language intricacies. Interactive exercise. Let's engage in an exercise to strengthen our legal English. Take a legal concept, perhaps from your current caseload, and express it in a simple, clear language suitable for a diverse audience. Share your rephrased concept with a colleague or friend and welcome their feedback. This is a tremendous mental exercise. Even if your client is you know, in your native language, so you don't have to discuss it in English, imagine that they were a foreigner and you had to explain what's going on in this case to them in English. How would you do that? What language would you use? By practicing this, it's a great way to improve your English skills in general and your legal English skills specifically. And sometimes when you practice that, you'll realize that you don't understand certain phrases, or I, I get this a lot from students that I, I coach or, or tutor. They know how to say it in their language, but they don't know how to say it in English. So by at least understanding that, you can learn how to say it in English, and then you can use that phrase in the future. Resources for improving legal English. Invest time and resources tailored to improve your legal English, specifically for presentations. There are lots of websites that might help with this, as well as online legal English courses. If you're interested in that, I encourage you to check out forlegalenglish.com, our own website. You can start with the free course or jump into Elemental Legal English or check out the other courses that we offer. What's a great way to improve your legal English skills at your own time schedule? In conclusion, mastering legal English is not just about linguistic proficiency. It's about becoming more persuasive and impactful as a legal communicator. Lexicon. Here are some words from today's episode that might be difficult or challenge. So ask yourself, how well do you know these words? Engagement. Interactive. Nuances. Persuasive. Reciprocal. Refine or refinement. Strategic. Structuring. Substantiate. Tailoring. Webinars. If you want to learn more about these, if you want to learn more about these words, check out the show notes on our website. That's fourlegalenglish.com. Four is in the number four. 
legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com slash podcast, and look for today's episode. You'll be able to find the words, their meaning, and an example of their use. Welcome back to the conclusion of Speak with Authority, Elevating Your Legal Presentation Skills. In this final section, let's recap our journey and set the stage for your continued growth in legal presentations. We began by highlighting the critical link between effective legal presentations and professional success, understanding your audience, structuring your presentation logically, and balancing legal precision with clarity were foundational principles that we explored. We then delved into the nuances of engaging delivery, effective use of visual aids, and handling questions and challenges. Recalling the importance of legal English. Our exploration of legal English emphasized its pivotal role in clear and impactful communication. For non-native English speakers, remember that language proficiency is not just a skill, it's a journey. Embrace each step and continually refine your language to become more persuasive legal communicator. Applying insights in real-world scenarios. To solidify our learning, we engage in practical exercises and case studies. By analyzing successful legal presentations and seeking feedback, you're able to greatly improve your own legal presentation skills. Remember, learning is not passive. It's about applying insights in your real-world scenarios. Your call to action. As you conclude this episode, I encourage you to take a moment for self-reflection. Identify one key takeaway that resonates with you, that works for you. It could be a new technique, a perspective on structuring your presentations, or a commitment to improving your legal English. Continuing your journey. Our journey doesn't need to end here. Effective legal presentations are not a destination, but a continuous evolution. Continue seeking feedback, stay updated on communication techniques, and integrate presentation skills into your broader professional development goals. Thank you for joining me on this exploration of legal presentation skills. I look forward to our continued journey of mastering the art of legal communication. Stay tuned for more insights in our upcoming episodes of the For Legal English podcast. What questions do you have about today's episode? You can post those questions or any comments on the show notes. This is a great way to practice and improve your legal English skills. You can go to the website for, as in the number four, legalenglish, no spaces or dashes, dot com, for legalenglish.com. You can check out our blog articles and show notes for this episode, and check out the episode quizzes. It would be fantastic if you could subscribe and give us a review. If you would leave us five stars and a nice comment, it would really help the algorithm and other people to find our podcast. If you leave a great review, I might even read it on the air. So start writing. The 4 Legal English Podcast is adjourned. Don't miss the next docket call. (laughs) 